Pentecost today, 50 days after the Passover, 50 days after the sacrifice of Jesus. Now, that means this, as Brother Justin was singing about the promises in that second song, and then this song right here, he's talking about how you and I can truly be born again, how we can truly have life like we've never had it before. And so what does that mean? You know, it means that God sent his son Jesus to uh, swallow up our defeat in his victory. Amen. Anybody have defeated areas in your life? Come on, today's a day of victory. And so the Bible tells us, uh, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All we've got to do is call upon the name of Jesus. So let's sing that song again on this Pentecost day. And, and let's see Jesus outside of that tomb resurrected. And let's see him as the baptizer, the one that sends his Holy Spirit into our lives to give us power to live. I don't know about you. I need Jesus to be able to live in this world. I need the Spirit of God to show me truth where there's lies, where there's hurt, where there's heartache, confusion, all of those things. And so this morning, let's just worship him and let's sing this or at least the chorus again. And let's honor Jesus and let him do a work in our lives. Hallelujah. History, your faithfulness walk beside me. The winter storms made a way for spring, and every season from where I'm standing, yeah, I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life, all over my life. I see promises and fulfillment all over my life, all over my life. Help me remember when I'm weak. That fear become a fear of you lead my heart to victory. You are my strength, and you always will be. I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life, all over my life. I see promises and fulfillment all over my life, all over my life. See the cross, empty grave, the evidence is endless. I hope my sins are rolled away. We calling you, oh Jesus. See the cross, empty grave. The evidence is endless. All my sins are rolled away. We calling you, oh Jesus. Oh. 
of your goodness all over my life, all over my life. I see promises in fulfillment all over my life, all over my life. So why should I fear the evidences here? So why should I fear the evidences here? Aren't you glad there's evidence in your life? Amen. Thank you, Brother Justin. Hallelujah. There's evidence. You don't have to, you know, we, we walk a walk of faith, but uh, God, he gives us the faith to be able to walk by faith. Amen. The Bible says in Romans 12, 3, that the Lord deals to every person the measure of faith. That's something, isn't it? Oh, glory. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that you're here this morning on this uh uh, Pentecost Day, uh, I'm always glad to see my brothers and sisters and uh, just steal your hearts and minds and just listen by your spirit because God wants to bless you this morning. He always, He's a God of blessing. Amen. Uh, and He has more for us than we've ever dreamed of. I have not seen, ear hath not heard. Come on, it takes the Holy Spirit to reveal to you and I the good things that God has for us. And and so, uh, if you wouldn't open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. And, and so, you know, Passover is the beginning of the grain harvest. Pentecost is the end of the grain harvest. And what does the Bible tell us? God, out of the mouth of Jesus, I'm going to declare the end from the beginning. And Isaiah 46. And so we see how God founds the church on the day of Pentecost, but it, it, it's really the beginning. Come on, it, it's the end of the grain harvest, but it's a type and a shadow of showing how God's going to bring in the last day harvest. The last day harvest is coming by church, the body of Christ, uh, being empowered by the Spirit of God uh, to lift up Jesus. That's all the Holy Spirit does. He wants to lift up Jesus in your life, through your life, and He will not do anything else. If Jesus is not being exalted, you and I, we can step back and we can say something's wrong. God's not in it. When the flesh gets lifted up, step back. Because it's either carnal or it's demonic. But when Jesus is being exalted, you have an assurance that God is on the scene. Amen? All right. So let's let's look here in Acts chapter one. Let's start in in, in uh, verse number one. Acts chapter one, verse number one. We're talking about having a personal Pentecost. Come on, I want to I want to possess a personal Pentecost, don't you? And and we're going to talk about that this morning. Verse number one: The former treaties have I made, O Theolopus, of all that Jesus both began to do and teach. Aren't you glad that Jesus taught, but He also showed? In other words, you and I, we can do what the Word says. We can live it. 
because he did, until the day in which he was taken up after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, after his death on the cross and placing in that tomb, he, he it couldn't hold him. He showed himself alive by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise, not a promise, mark it down in your Bible, but wait, tarry for the promise of the father, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. For you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Brother Larry, would you pray? Yes. Yes. Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Larry. Thank you for being here once again. Thank you for honoring the word. Now, this morning, um, there is there is so much in in the context of what we're talking about. It would be very easy for uh, for us to, to overload our donkey. So you pray that we'll just follow the leadership of the Lord and we'll try to keep this in a in a in a place that we can uh, receive what God would have for us. I wrote down three things. I want you to mark them on your heart. We're talking to talk about promise, personal, and powerful. That 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 having a personal Pentecost will will be where you have to see that the promise is for you. I have to see the promise is for me. So that means that we have to see that it's personal. It's personal. And so we'll lay a foundation with those two things. But then I want to uh, spend the majority of the time that you and I have this morning to show how powerful it is, because I don't know about you, but I need to be able to live a holy life. There is sin all around me. There is confusion all around me. There is chaos uh, in this world, in our nation, like I've never seen before. And I need to know that the Holy Spirit is going to lift up Jesus before my eyes. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. And so I can see him like I never saw him before. So if you're here this morning and, and uh, you, you don't really understand what we're talking about, about Pentecost, just just uh, stay with me. And, and by the time we get done, you, you'll you'll have a clear understanding that that Passover is about you and I accepting what Jesus done on the cross and how he defeated death by uh, coming up out of that tomb. But then uh, Pentecost is about you and I receiving the Spirit of God. Not We have the Spirit of God when we accept Jesus. He comes and lives in us. He baptizes us into the body of Christ. But then the Holy Ghost wants to come upon you and empower you to live. Amen? Empower me to live. And so we're going to look at that. But what I want you to notice, in uh, look there in verse number 3. It says that He, Jesus, showed Himself alive. This morning, every time that you open your mouth, every time you take a step, you're showing that Jesus is alive. Amen? Because you have believed in the heart that Jesus Christ loved you, that he gave himself for you, and you accepted his sacrifice. And that that spirit of God then regenerated Jesus, the life of Jesus, that image of Jesus come inside of you, and you was born again. 
And, and, and so you're, you're making that same show. And it says here that when Jesus made that, it showed himself alive with many infallible proofs that he was seen for 40 days. So 40 days after his death, he walked around this earth. He he had a job to do. He fulfilled all the Old Testament scripture and and he went to uh, whether some people don't like it or not. He went to hell and he took the keys away. Come on from the devil. He's got the keys of hell, death and the grave. He's the living one. Amen. And, and so you and I can trust in that this morning. Uh, but he showed himself for 40 days. The number 40 means uh, uh, the trials of life, the probation of life, the testings of life. So for 40 days, Jesus showed how a dead man can be brought alive and live victorious in this world. That's what the Holy Ghost will do in your life, will do in my life, will show us how when the old man is dead and we walk in the newness of life, that we can live a victorious life, that we can make a difference. All right. Now notice what he said in verse number four. He said, I want you to look at the red letter part. He said, he commanded them, I want you to wait for the promise. Wait for the promise. So the promise was that God knew that uh, after you and I were born again, we were going to have to have the power of his spirit to be able to make a stand against uh, the sin that is in this world, uh, against this old carnal nature. I don't know about you. My flesh still wants to do everything that it wanted to do before I got born again, before I got saved. And so I need some help this morning. Well, guess what? I've got help. Guess what? You've got help this morning. Amen. You've got the Holy Spirit. But he he said, I want you to wait for the promise. And so this waiting only occurred one time. It only occurred on the day of Pentecost. They waited these these 10 days. See the number Penta. Uh, Pentecost means Pentecost means 10 times five. It means 50. So there was there was 50 days here altogether from uh, the time of Christ giving his life for you and I. And so after he showed himself for 40 days, he ascended. And so they had 10 days where they had to wait by faith. And in those 10 days, they waited by faith. And then when the day of Pentecost was fully come, here come the power of the Holy Ghost. And so you and I don't have to wait now. We can receive the power of the Holy Ghost every moment of our lives. He's here. He, we're not waiting for Him to come. He's here. He abides. He lives in the believer, but He wants to come upon the believer to empower you. Amen? So let, let, let's look at this. I want you to consider what He said about the promise. Go with me. Hold your place in Acts. We'll be back. But go to Luke 24. I want you to see how uh, God, when He tells you that He's going to do something, you can bank on it. Because some of you this morning, you're in, you're in, kind of in a valley. You, you're, you're, you're between this promise and that promise. You're in a struggle. You, and so you and I, we need to build our faith that we can stand on what God has said. Look what Jesus promised them uh, before even... Uh, uh, before even the fact of, uh, of what was going to happen during this 40-day period. Uh, Luke 24, 49. Uh, Jesus, is, he's, he's witnessing to them. And he says, And behold, I send the promise. Not a promise, the promise. This promise is a Greek word. It means it's a divine assurance of good. In other words, the divinity of God is saying that everything that is in me that's good, I'm sending it to you. See, I love Nahum. Nahum tells us about God, says, the Lord is good. Not going to be good, not might be good. 
He's good to all people all the time that will allow him to be. Say, that's me. So you have this divine assurance. Jesus said, I want you to get this in your heart. He said, and behold, I send thee promise, the divine assurance of good of my father upon you. So you've got a promise for you. And we'll, we'll talk about that personal in a little bit. But uh, this promise upon you, but tear you in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power on high. Now, uh, Lord willing, tonight we'll talk more about this endowment. We'll talk about this. uh, uh, See, this word endowment, it it, it comes from a Greek word that means to to clothe yourself. How many got dressed this morning? You've done it yourself, right? Well, see, when a promise has been given, you need to step in the promise. That's what Jesus is getting them ready for. He's saying, I'm going to go away. But said, you wait, you wait. And as long as you're in that place of expectancy, you're in that place of ready to step in to what I have for you. It's available to you. And so this word means to, to, to clothe oneself. So he said, you're going to be endued with what? This word power is miraculous working power, dunamis. It's the power of God. It means anything that is working against you, this power will overcome it. And that's something. Come on. This is the power that brought a dead Savior out of the tomb. This is the power that where Jesus said, I'm going to lay down my life, but I have the power to pick it back up. Come on now. That's who's living in you. So you may have struggles this morning. You may have pain this morning. You may have confusion. You may have problems. You may have division. Guess what? God's going to show you and I how to bring all those things together with his word and see it changed. Amen. So you've got a promise. I've got a promise. Let's look at some things. Uh, Go with me to real quickly. I just want to lay this foundation. Matthew chapter three, out of the mouth of John the Baptist. We could look at uh, three of the gospels to cover this, but let's just look at Matthew chapter three and look at verses 11 and 12. Look what John the Baptist said about Jesus. He said, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. Now remember that, we'll close with that thought. But he that cometh after me, talking about Jesus, is mightier. He's more powerful than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. Now notice this. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Who's going to baptize you? Your Savior, Jesus He's going to baptize you. He's going to make available to you if you're in that right place, if I'm in that right place of expectancy. Just believe him. Believe that that promise is for you. He said he shall do it. All you have to do is receive. Isn't that amazing? All we have to do is just receive the promise. And notice what he said, what would happen. Whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. I need that this morning. Come on, this outside, this flesh, this is chaff. The Holy Ghost can burn that flesh out of my life where I don't have to be down and out, up and down, discouraged, heartless, hopeless. The Holy Spirit can cause me to focus on Jesus. And when I focus on Jesus, it is what? Finished. I have no need. I have no lack whatsoever because I've got the Holy One. You've got the Holy One, the righteous one inside of you. Amen. And it comes upon you to empower you to do what you need to do. Isn't that amazing? 
All right. Uh, look at uh, John sixteen seven, you're, you're, and let's look at one verse real quickly, and and then we'll 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 move right along. Look at John sixteen seven out of the mouth of Jesus. He says, "Nevertheless, I tell you the truth." We didn't expect anything else, did we? Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. See, Jesus is getting the disciples ready for him to go to the cross when he's making this revelation. And, and, and he says, you think that I need to stay here with you, but I, I need to go away. It, it's for your embitterment that I go away. And ain't you glad that he did because he died for us that we could be forgiven. And look what he says. Uh, for if I go not away, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. The comforter, the parakletos, the paraclete is how we say it, but the parakletos, it, 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 it means one just like Jesus. And, and so what, what he done, when the Holy Spirit come, then he uh, was sent by the Father, drawing us unto the Father. And when we accepted Jesus, and all of a sudden, Jesus said, I will not leave you, John 14, comfortless. I'll not leave you like an orphan. Right. See, you and I, we had an orphan spirit. Because, see, I sinned. I don't know about you, but I sinned over and over and over and over. And my father become the world, the devil of this world. And I was bound by all the things of the flesh and the things of this world. And I was an orphan to God. And I had to come back to God, but there was no way. There was a gap between me and God, and that gap was all of my sin. But Jesus laid His cross, His body on that cross between me and God the Father, and I walked across that cross. I walked across the Savior in grace. He drawed me to the Father by His own very Spirit. Amen? He forgave me. He forgave all that will call upon Him, and He gave us a brand new life. Amen. And when he done that, all of a sudden, we weren't orphans anymore. And the comforter, he come unto us. And he now he lives. Say he lives in me. Come on. He lives in you. He lives in every believer. Amen. He's inside of you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to tell you secrets. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. So you have a promise this morning. The promise is that there is a Holy Spirit to help you in every way. But you've got to see how personal He is. Now let's go back uh, to, we'll, we'll come back to Acts in just a minute. But I want you to go with me and let's see how it's prophesied just for a second. Go to the book of Isaiah 44. Isaiah chapter 44. And look at uh, verse number 3. For sake of time. Now, he's talking about Israel, Jacob, but this is a type and a shadow of the New Testament. Uh, look what he says in Isaiah 44, 3. For I will pour water upon him. Come on, this is personal. Him that is thirsty. Are you thirsty this morning? In other words, have you drunk of this world and it's not satisfied? I have. I've drunk of this world and, and it doesn't satisfy me. It doesn't help me. It lets me down. Well, all I've got to do is to see that this promise is personal to me. And since I am thirsty, God's going to do something in my life. If you're thirsty this morning, God's going to do something. He said, I will pour out water upon him that is thirsty. Now notice this. And floods upon the dry ground. Have you got some dry areas in your life this morning? 
God wants to pour the, the water in the Bible is the Holy Spirit. It's a type and a shadow of the Holy Spirit. And look what he says. I will pour. Here's how you can tell it. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thy offspring. God said, I want to pour my spirit. So if you and I are thirsty, if we've got some dryers in our life, then we qualify. And God said, I will. See, God can't lie. And I will is the strongest affirmation that you and I have in the English language that confers what God's going to do. So when God says, I will, you have no doubt about it. All you've got to do is take him at his word and say, this promise is personal. It's for me this morning. I believe it. I receive it. I take him at his word. Go to Joel 2.28. Joel 2.28. And look what the word says. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit. Come on, talking about that same water, that same Holy Spirit. I will pour out my spirit upon some flesh. That includes me this morning. See, the devil says I don't qualify. No, the spirit of God comes to those who need him. I need him. Amen. I'm in a battle. I'm in a struggle every day of my life without Jesus. And I need the Holy Spirit to show me Jesus. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Notice what will happen. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your old men shall dream dreams. I must be getting old. And your young men shall see visions. Verse 29. And upon the servants and upon the handmaidens in those days will I pour out my spirit. Nobody's left out. Male, female, no matter what position you're in, no matter what position I am, God's wanting to pour out his spirit and he's wanting to pour it out that we may prophesy. Meaning what? Meaning that I can stop saying what the flesh is telling me. I can stop saying what the world is telling me. I can stop saying what the devil is telling me, but I can say what thus saith the Lord. I want to say what Jesus says, don't you? So this here, Joel is prophesying what you and I are fixing to read about in the book of Acts. So God gives a promise, but he tells it to who it is personal for them. So you've got to say, listen, I'm one of God's handmaidens. I'm one of God's children. I'm one of God's believers. I'm one of God's very own. Come on. When you make it personal, when you see that God calls you his and you accept that calling, then you qualify. Amen. I qualify. Now, what a promise. Now, go back to the New Testament. Uh, I know you're holding your place in Acts, but go to John just for a second. We was in John 16. Go to John 14. I want you to see something this morning. And I'm trying to hurry. I don't want to hold you because I want to get to this last part because I want you to leave here so built up. But look in John 14, starting in verse 25. John 14, 25. Jesus says, These things have I spoken unto you, yet be in present with you. Verse 26. But the Comforter, come on, we've talked about him, the Holy Spirit. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, I want you to think about that. Now, we've got to understand this verse. Here Jesus has been walking with these 12 men, uh, not to mention the, the, the others who added up to 500, but he's been walking with these 12 and then the other 70 and then altogether the 500 very intimately, very closely for three and a half years. 
And Jesus makes a statement to them. He said, when the Holy Ghost comes, He's going to teach you all things. Now see, we think, oh, if I could have walked with Jesus, I would have been so different. My life would have been so much better. It would have been so much powerful. Do you realize what Jesus is telling them? He's telling them that here in just a few days hence, you just thought that you knew me. You just thought that you was walking with me. You're going to have a revelation of me that you've never seen before. See, it doesn't matter if I see Jesus with my flesh eyes. That means nothing. God doesn't reward anything of the flesh. God rewards what? Faith. Faith is of the Spirit. Faith is of your heart. So Jesus is saying that when I go away, I'm going to send the Holy Ghost and another comforter to you and everything that you could not hear. Remember, he said, I got many things to say unto you, but you can't bear them now because they didn't have the Holy Ghost. This morning, you've got the Holy Spirit to teach you. And and so Jesus is saying, I've got some things. I'm going to bring all the things I've ever said to you, all the things you've ever read in the Bible, everything that mom and daddy, every prayer that's been prayed for you that you couldn't understand, I'm going to bring it to your understanding. Isn't that amazing? Look what he said. And, And he said, I will bring all things to your remembrance. And look what happens when he does that. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. Come on, I don't know about you. I need some peace about some different situations and circumstances. The Holy Spirit, that promise is personal. Jesus said he would lead me in the place of peace. This morning I know by the Holy Spirit that some of you don't have peace in certain situations in your life. Today's the day to get it. Today's the day simply to say, God, I know that you have it for me. I know it's a promise and I know it's personally to me and I'm going to receive it. I'm going to open up my hands. I'm going to open up my heart and I'm going to receive your peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Come on, today's the day of deliverance. No more fear. No more fear about the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we know that Jesus is on the throne. The Bible tells us so. And then not only is he on the throne on the right hand side of the Father, but he's on the throne of your heart. My heart. Come on, every believer. So I, I don't have to be troubled. I may not understand how he's going to work it out, but he's going to work it out. Amen. All right, so this promise, it's available to us. This promise, it it will teach us, it will bring us to a place of peace because it's very personable. I've got to see how I can receive it. You've got to see how you can receive it. And then when I'm in that place of reception, power comes. Now, remember what we read. Let's talk about power. We read in Luke 24, 49. We read in Acts 1, uh, Let's go to Acts. We didn't read it. Acts 1 8. Acts 1 8. Uh, Jesus said, But you shall receive power. That's what he was talking about in Luke 24 49. But you shall receive this dunamis power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. 
Come on. The Holy Spirit changes your whole life. Remember, Jesus walked and showed himself infallible for 40 days because the the, the revelation of what God had done in and through Jesus and by him defeating hell, death and the grave was made manifest. That's how how you and I can be a witness for Jesus is that we just simply let the Holy Spirit do what only he can do. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in Samaria unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Wow. He's going to make you a witness. See, I, I'm all time wanting to do this and do that. And when I try to do it in myself, I get discouraged. I get tired. I get weak, but when I let the Holy Spirit who has infinite power, come on, the omnipresence, the omnipotence, the the uh, uh, all-powerful God, His source is available to every one of us. It's there. Amen? All right. So this morning, you and I, let's just get right down where we can understand it. There's some people in this service right now. There's some people who are going to be listening to this service. There is some confusion in your life. There's some division in your life. There, there's some separation in your life. And in the midst of all of those things in the, uh, of life, uh, you and I, we have an option to either talk out of what we're seeing and what we're feeling or ask the Holy Spirit to shut our carnal mouth and open up our spiritual mouth and come in agreement with God. Amen? Because you and I will never have anything different than what we're talking about. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And your speech, my speech, is like the rudder of a ship. It's like the bed in a horse's mouth, James 3. So it's going to lead us that way. So I've got to learn how to say what God says. So would you bear with me and let's look at something this morning. If you'll take it home with you, it'll change your life. Amen. Hold your place here in Acts. Go to Genesis chapter 11. Now in Genesis chapter 11, you're, you're dealing into the, under the Old Testament. This is even before uh, the law or anything, but you're dealing with, with lost man. And, and so when, when a person is lost and undone and, uh, they're not following after the after the Lord. Uh, all things happen. All sorts of things. You've got all sorts of voices that come into somebody's life. Come on, let's be honest. We've all heard those voices. And so here in Genesis chapter 11, that's what happens. Notice in verse number 1. Genesis 11 and 1. And the whole earth was of one language and one speech. Now this word one, it means unified together, united together. So the whole world could talk and they could understand each other. Okay? Verse number 2. And it came to pass as they journeyed from east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. So uh, God had done gave instruction to Noah after the flood and told what, uh, that everybody was to replenish the earth, and he gave them guidance and direction. But here all of a sudden we have... Uh, History tells us, tradition tells us, this is Nimrod that is leading them. And uh, as he's leading them, he takes them to Shinar. Shinar is in Babylon. Babylon means confusion. Shinar means the place of two rivers. You and I, we have to be hooked up to the river of life, 
The Holy Spirit, Jesus said that if we'd come and drink because we were thirsty, that out of your belly, out of my belly would flow the river of the Holy Ghost, those rivers that were supplied by God. But here, they got tired of hearing what God said, and they wanted to come up with their own agenda. Now notice, we're, we're covering this for a reason. Verse 3, and they said one to another, Notice how many times this comes into effect. Go to, let us, let us. Remember, sounds like the devil. The devil said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Remember? Let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. Now, you and I, we've got a choice to make. We can serve this world's religion like they're fixing to do. And we can have slime or we can look at Revelation 21, 19, and we can have the foundation of all the jewels of God. See, they're building a city. They're building a way to heaven, but it's not God. Come on, there's a second heaven, and that's where the devil and all of his imps are. But you and I, we can have all the gold, all the silver, all the precious stones. Look at Revelation 21, 19 in your home study time and see what God's got for you in the eternity. Amen? Verse 4, and they said, go to, let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven and let us, once again, make us a name. So you and I, we're going by the name of Christian. We're going to the name of Jesus. Amen. Let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth, the whole earth. They didn't want another uh, situation like where God judged Noah's flood. Um, we know a fire is coming next time. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built. And notice this, verse 6. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, unified together. And they all have one language. And this they begin to do. And now, mark this down, now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. They're, they're, they're planning on building a, he, a, 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 a tower to the second heaven. They're planning on getting their own name from the work of the enemy. And God himself says they can do it because they're unified together. See, there's power in unity. Amos 3.3, 3, can two walk together except they be agreed? All right, so what I'm saying is you and I, if the devil has that in the negative, we're going to look at it in just a moment, how much more can we have it in the spiritual with God? Amen? Now stay with me. Uh, verse 7, Go to, let us go down and confound their language that they may not understand, they may not hear one another's speech. So God's got to go down because they're going to they're, they're going to be effective in this evil work. And he said, I've got I'm going to have to go down and confound their speech. Now, study this out from the Hebrew. This word confound means to overflow with oil. What happened on the day of Pentecost? There was an overflow of oil that is going to undo what was done here. All right. Verse 8, so the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore the name was called Babel, confusion, because the Lord did confound their language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad, he scattered them out, upon all the face of the earth. Now, go back to Acts chapter 2, and let's see. Now we're covering this so you can apply it to your to your life. This is not just history. This is not just something 
that happened uh, without a reason. God does everything for a reason, and it's to bless you. It's to bless His children. Acts 2 and 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. See, they were scattered in Genesis 11 because they were unregenerated. They were not born again, and they were working the work of the flesh, the work of the devil. But now, this is the founding of the church. Pentecost is the, is the birthday of the church, amen? So God's Jesus said, I will build my church, Matthew 16, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So if he's going to build something, that means it wasn't built yet. Right? So he, so Pentecost is, is that day, and look what happens. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon some of them. Come on, God don't leave nobody out. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So what is God doing here? God, He's bringing a group of people back together who can say what the Spirit is saying, who can come in agreement with the Holy Ghost. Now notice what happens. Verse 5, And they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And verse 6, And when this was noised abroad, the multitude, what? came together. In Genesis 11, they were drove apart, but now because of what Jesus done on the cross on Calvary, they come together and were confounded because every man heard them speak in his own language. See, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, comes into my life, people are drawn to Jesus because of the Spirit inside of you. And it draws them out of the world and it gets us all in the same place. I want to be in the same place with the Lord, don't you? Now, now notice what happens. Verse 7, And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? In other words, he names all these nations, and you can read it in your home study time. But as, as they spoke in tongues, as the Spirit gave them a language, this person over here heard exactly their language. They heard their dialect. They heard their southern twang. Or they heard the, the, uh, the, the, that northern or the Californian. Everybody's got a different accent. We all, we all talk the way we talk because of where we were born and raised and who we hang around with. There's nothing wrong with that. But the Holy Spirit talked exactly the way they could understand it. This morning, the Holy Spirit is wanting to talk to you in a way that you can exactly understand it. The trouble is, He's got to get through this. Come on, it's the foolishness of preaching that causes some to be saved. It's the foolishness of preaching that God has to use man. But, but God can use man, and He can get you and I to a place in a position where we don't even see the man. We just hear by the Spirit what's being said. And that's what we got to do this morning. you got to hear by the Spirit. And the Spirit is saying, I want to talk to you. I want to help you. I want to bless you. I want to encourage you. So can you imagine? Here's all of these people. They think it's just another Pentecost day. They think it's just another time for, for another offering. They don't realize that today's the day that they're going to be saved. Because 3,000 of these people, they come in to know Jesus. 
And they're born again because Peter stands up with the other uh, 11 and he preaches a a message that causes them to be born again. It causes them to hear that God loves them. Listen, God loves you. God knows you're hurting. God knows you're struggling. God knows there's some things that's happening in your life. He wants to grab you by the hand. He wants to touch your heart. And He wants to fill you with revelation of Jesus that shows you and I that every need, every concern, Jesus shed tear for. He took a stripe for. He fulfilled the Word of God that we could receive it. Amen? But I've got to believe that. I've got to see that it's promised, that it's personal, but it's empowering to change me. Think about these, 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 uh, this group of 120 that are here on this day of Pentecost, they were hiding inside of a room for 10 days because they were afraid if, because if they stepped out, they were afraid they would be killed. But they were also commanded by Jesus to tarry in that place because he was protecting them. But all of a sudden, after the Spirit of God comes on them, what did Jesus say in Acts 1-8? You shall be my witnesses. So all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes on them. They're not worried about their life. They're worried about telling somebody else about the message that they just got revealed about. Amen? And they step out, and amongst all of this, nothing's changed on the outside. But it's changed on the inside because of the Spirit of God. Amen? And and, and so they step out and they give this message. And and so what you and I have got to see, that that in our lives, there's babble. There's confusion. But if we won't be scattered, if we would draw nigh unto God, He'll draw nigh unto us. Amen? And He'll give us His Spirit. You say, now wait a minute. Uh, uh, I've heard... So many people say that was that was just for a certain amount of time and that's gone. That's done away with. Let's in closing, let's look at something. Go with me to Acts chapter eight. In Acts chapter eight, you got uh the Philip the evangelist, he 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 goes to Samaria and he preaches the word. If you if you notice, uh in Acts eight and four. It says, therefore, they, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Verse 5, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he preached Christ unto them. Verse 6, and the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Uh, so you can see that their salvation comes. We don't have time to cover all that. But notice in uh, verse 14. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Well, wait a minute. They received the Holy Ghost when they got saved. Yes. Inside of them. Thank God for the Holy Spirit inside. He lives in us, but He wants to come upon us. And this, He wants to baptize you. See, the Spirit baptizes you in the body, but He wants to baptize you in Himself. Baptize simply means to completely cover. He, he wants to cover every part of your life. See, I used to say, oh Lord, you help me with, with this part where I can get along with my boss or my, my, my family or my wife or, but this little part over here, I'm going to keep it out over here because I got some things I want to do. It's all or nothing. 
All right, notice what happens. When, when they were come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Verse 16, for he, for as yet he was falling upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the water baptism. They were named in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17, then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. So see, you and I, we can call upon the name of the Lord and be saved, be born again and praise God. We're on our way to heaven and we have the Holy Spirit in us. And, and I've walked for 15 years like that in a struggle. I mean, thank God for the Spirit of God inside of me, but I need power in my life because I've got sin around me. I've got something God wants me to do and I can't do it just with a desire to do it. I've got to have an anointing to do it that is stronger than just the anointing of salvation, the anointing of teaching that abides within the believer. I need the anointing to come upon me to do what God's called me to do. Amen. You need the anointing to come upon you. So here, that's exactly what happened. So we see that they were saved, but they didn't stop there. Then they were what? on? Uh, the, this is five years after, after Pentecost. In closing, go to chapter 19 and look at, here's 24 years, 24 years after Pentecost. And look, Paul, I would think Paul, the premier apostle of the New Testament, would know what he's talking about, wouldn't you? I would think if he was teaching something because he saw the risen Savior, he would know what to teach, wouldn't you? Look what happens in Acts 19, uh, verse number 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And he finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We've not so much as even heard, as heard whether they be any Holy Ghost. Now think about this. See, you and I, unless we have a teacher, unless we have somebody to teach us, there's all sorts of things in this Bible that we don't know. That's the promises that had to become personal. And when they become personal, they become power in your life and my life. Verse number three. And he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. So they've just been baptized unto repentance. They're not saved. They're not born again yet, but God has a plan for them. That's why he sent Paul there. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, and that is Christ Jesus. Notice what happens. Verse 5, and when they heard this, when they heard this gospel message, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were water baptized because Jesus said for you and I to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And to those who believe, Mark 16, and those who believed and are baptized shall be saved. So that here we see the salvation come to them. Now notice there's a second step. Verse 6, and when Paul had laid his hands upon them, just like Peter and John in Acts 8, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about 12. Now think about this. This is what God is fixing from Genesis 11. Genesis 11, they, they were serving self and they were building their own kingdom. But when you and I decide we're going to build the kingdom of God, when we decide to be a part of the body of Christ and let Him use us to build the church, then all of a sudden, 
He empowers us with the power of the Holy Ghost. And then you and I can say what the Spirit is saying because the Spirit only lifts up Jesus. Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. So God speaks. And when He speaks, He speaks out Jesus. That's the Word. And the Holy Spirit takes that and He gives it to you and I. And when we come in agreement with it and we say it, there's no confusion. There's unity. There's power. Because you and I, we see the promise. We see it's personal. And then we speak it out. And then the Word of God manifests what God has promised to us. Amen? Isn't that amazing? So we've, we've got to see that, thank God I'm saved. Thank God I'm born again, that my, my sins are covered. But that's, that's only the beginning. God wants you to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He wants you to allow the Holy Ghost to come upon you. And then as he gives you utterance, you simply open your mouth and speak what you're hearing in your spirit. It's the greatest thing in the world. It just If you'll just steal your mind in the name of Jesus, you just command your, your, your mind to be still. And all of a sudden, when you steal that mind, you can hear the Holy Spirit down in your spirit talking. And whatever he's saying, you just speak it out. And as you speak it out, that's how he gives you utterance. And, and as you say what he's saying, then it, go back with me. In, in, in 1992, been saved less than a year, come to the altar. And, and we had some people who were praying. They, they knew how to pray to get to, just like Peter and John, just like Paul and, and uh, and, and Brother Tom Johnson, I mean, now he could pray. And, and so he laid hands on me and he's praying and the Spirit of God come on me. And, and I'd never felt any, I mean, I, I felt what it felt like to be born again, but I'd never felt the Spirit of God. I saw him in church those few months I've been in church, but I never felt his power in my life. And when he come upon me, oh my goodness, I thought this is joy, this is peace, this is liberty, this is victory like I've never experienced before. And, and I, 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 I knew that I was trying to do something. But I didn't know what I was trying to do because I didn't have any knowledge nobody ever had taught me yet. And so when the Spirit of God would try to get me to say what he was saying in my spirit, I would get so excited. All I could say was, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. Well, you can't talk in English and Spanish. You can't talk in English and tongues. You can't talk in two languages at once. So you've got to stop talking because you're when you're talking in the English, you're talking by your flesh by your vocal cords, even though you're praising God and worshiping Him. But you've got to stop that and you've got to yield your tongue to the Spirit and say what's being said in your spirit. But anyway, to make a long story short, I, 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 I didn't yield to that because I didn't know how to do that. And as great and wonderful as that was, after God blesses you and gives you a time like that, then you've got to walk by faith. Come on, He'll bless a baby. But after he blesses you in that area, then you've got to believe it's true and real. I didn't know that. I didn't understand that. So then all of a sudden, uh, because the, the, uh, the, the, the person next to me got filled. And then, see, I didn't understand that either because in my mind, I knew the life they were living. I knew the life that I was living. So then I got into judgment. Well, if God would fill them and he won't fill me, I, I, I know what this person talks about. See, now I've got cut myself off and now I've opened myself up to one of those other rivers in the plain of Shinar. And so for 15 years, I'm in a drought. For 15 years, I say, okay, I don't even believe in this. 
I'm throwing this away. And so for 15 years, I struggle being a Christian. I struggle trying to make it in my life. Amen. And then all of a sudden, by God's grace, he takes me back to that place where I'm alone with the Lord because I start seeking him again. And those same words that I heard at that altar that night, 15 years before, I could hear them. And I'm just there, just me and the Lord. I've got a choice now. The devil is saying, oh, that's flesh. The devil is saying, no, God won't fill you because you rejected him then. And I, I'm hearing those words and I, I just hear a gentle tug on my heart. I feel that and I hear those words. Just speak. So I just simply by faith spoke out what I could have spoke out 15 years before. And when I did, the Holy Ghost fell on me. And when he fell on me, everything was like it was at that moment except now it, it was an abiding presence that I realized that I could have him with me like that anytime and all time. Amen. So this morning we got to be in the place and position where tell the Lord, I, I know that I can't make it on my own. I'm not making a false confession. I'm making a confession in agreement with the word. That's why God sent his spirit. Amen. Let me close with this thought. I want you to think about this. There was a, uh, a, a certain preacher, an evangelist. His name was Peter Lord. He was of a different denomination, and he'd been in that denomination for years. But his denomination did not believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so uh, after a number of years, he, was, he, was, he loved the Lord. I mean, he was seeking after the Lord. If you're seeking the Lord, you're going to find out some things. Amen. So he was seeking the Lord, and all of a sudden, he got to that scripture or the question that Paul presented, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And he read that, and then he heard, this, heard the Spirit of God say, have you? Jesus is communing with him because he's communing with Jesus. And he said, well, sure I have. I couldn't have been saved without the Spirit of God. I've received him. And, 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 he, and he said, have you really? He said, well, there's no difference between Jesus and the Spirit. And so then the Spirit of God started opening up the Scriptures to him. And then the Spirit of God made this statement. He said, who's living in your house? And he said, my mother-in-law. He said, Yes. Your mother-in-law is living in your house, just like the Holy Spirit is living in your house. He said, but have you received your mother-in-law? He said, no. She's living here, but I haven't received her. I haven't welcomed her in. And the moment he said, Holy Spirit, I welcome you in, all of those indoctrinations, all of those years where he was in a church of a man's making and a man's ideology, it changed. The Spirit of God come on him. He opened his mouth and he spoke in tongues for the first time and it changed his ministry. He went home to be with the Lord just about a year ago at the age of 91, fulfilling what God called him to fulfill. God knows you. The Bible says that he had a plan for you from the foundation of the world. The Bible says that Jesus was slain, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world for your sin, for my sin. He knew that we were going to mess up, but he had provision for us. And so when Jesus died for us, 
All we have to do is just call upon His name. And when we call upon His name, then you and I, we are forgiven. We're named into the family of God. We're born again. But then we simply have to open up our hands and open up our heart and receive that next level, that baptism of the Holy Ghost. And and, and see, what hinders a lot of people is they, they look and they say, this person, they act like this or they talk like this. I don't like the Holy Ghost because I don't want to act like that. I don't want to talk like that. And 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 see, we, a lot of times we mess up because we'll say that's the Holy Ghost. No, that's the Holy Ghost on Brother Greg. That's the Holy Ghost on Brother David. That's the Holy Ghost on you. See, the Holy Spirit comes out according to your personality. He'll never embarrass you. He'll never do anything to hurt you or hinder you. He wants to help you. He wants to empower you like you've never been empowered before. And so I want to I want to put on, don't you? I want to be invested. I want to be endued with power from on high. I want to be clothed by that spirit. And so I want you just to close your eyes right now with me and, and simply just turn your palms up. Turn your palms up as an act of faith. And pray this prayer with me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I praise you for salvation. I have called upon the name of the Lord and I am forgiven. I am saved and I'm on my way to heaven. But right now, I open my hands. I open my heart to receive a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Feel that anointing in your hands? Just just be just be quiet before the Lord and just when you hear you you sense his presence and you sense his unction, yield to that Holy Spirit, just yield to Him. Lord, right now, you're the baptizer. Lord, we look to you. You know each person here. You know them by name. Lord, help us. We bind any spirit of fear. We bind every outside voice. And we thank you that we can hear from the inside out. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, Lord, a fresh baptism upon every heart that is hungry. You said you would pour out your spirit upon the thirsty. You would pour out your spirit upon the dry ground. Let your spirit be poured out right now in our lives.